Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, welcome to episode 40 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. It's uh, kind of a momentous day, 40 days, you know, and uh, that's been a wonderful thing to go through these last 40 weeks and uh, just be with people on a weekly basis. We are and, over uh, the hill. Yeah, I guess we are. Over the hill. We're finally over the hill, and we can uh, start celebrating that. I don't want to go downhill, We're, though. I don't either. I, I feel like this is just <laughs> the beginning. This is just the beginning. Uh, but any, And this is also week four in our, in our study in Proverbs. Mm. And I think it's going to be a great time to hear because, you know, a lot of people are dealing with marriage right now. And I think, you know, for better, we, we took the vows for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, to have and to hold from this day forward. We did the wedding, but now, you know, afterwards, the real work starts, especially what we're facing right now. You know, it's building a marriage. And it's easy when it's easy, but it's the difficult days when we need help. But thank the Lord, He has not left us without help. Uh, much is found in the Bible. And the cool thing is, is that a lot is found in the book of Proverbs. Mm. So how does God answer our questions that we have about marriage, especially in these difficult days? Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're going to look at today. We are going to talk about two questions, the Proverbs answer about marriage. So this is going to be a lot of fun, and I hope it's going to be very beneficial for you. So, so Trey, let me ask you a question sure, man. before we answer these questions. You stressed right now? <sighs> I'm not stressed. I'm emotionally worn out. To tell yeah. you the truth, but yeah, I mean, I, stressed in a different way. I guess yeah. maybe the stress has worn me out. I don't know. Yeah, I think when this first started, this whole COVID nineteen crisis started, it was stressful to try to, try to figure things out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're kind of adjusting to our no, new normal, and maybe it's not as stressful. But I think we're all wanting to just get over with, get mm. back to life. Oh and get boy, and that true. Like that. Yes. But, but 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 there are a lot of people who are still facing a lot of stress in the midst of this, especially for those of us who are home more often now, with our kids more mm. often, with our wives and our husbands more often. Talked to a police officer this past Sunday uh, who is a member of our church, mm. and he said that domestic dispute calls are through the roof Man. at the police department. Well, I guess you can kind of understand it, but yeah. you're still like, uh, wow, number one. When you are you know, in your home all day long with your spouse, mm-hmm. there's bound to be some problems. They've probably there? never been this long with their <laughs> right, spouse. Right, right, right. So, so our hope today is that the encouragement we give you from God's Word will help you to get through this quarantine without mm-hmm. having to call the cops. Oh, wow. Hey, that's a, that, good, that's a good goal, isn't I, it? I'm talking goals here. Yes, yes. <laughs> to get you through without, without having to call the cops. That's what we want to accomplish today. Uh, amen, amen. Well, Pastor, today let's look at two questions that Proverbs answers about marriage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, before we get there, yeah, though, okay, let's, go ahead. Let's, let's talk about marriage for just a moment. Okay, please. Because this is a, a big deal, right? And and not only in Proverbs, but all through Scripture, uh, we see see the Bible instructing us about marriage. And I, mm-hmm. I, I heard a TED Talk uh, a long time ago that I thought was really interesting. Uh, you're familiar with TED Talks, right? No, TED, of course. I called you Ted. I don't know why it's called you Ted. Just call me whatever you want, man. <laughs> You're familiar with TED Talks, aren't you, Trey? Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, I am. So, so there's this TED Talk on YouTube. You can look it up. It's called The Secret to Desire in a Long-Term Relationship. So a psychotherapist, Esther Perel, did this TED Talk based off of years of experience of, of counseling couples. And, and this is what Dr. Perel said in that 
TED Talk. This is fascinating. Marriage used to be primarily an economic institution in which you were given a partnership for life in terms of children and social status and succession and companionship. That, that makes sense, right? I mean, mm. You can look at the Bible yeah. and you can read about arranged marriages and things of that nature. It was, you know, a transaction in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know, for, for economic benefit or social status. Well, anyway, goes on to say, but now we want our partner to still give us all these things, but in addition... I want you to be my best friend and my trusted confidant and my passionate lover to boot. And we live twice as long. So we come to one person and we basically are asking them to give us what once an entire village used to provide. Wow. Give me belonging. Give me identity. Give me continuity. But give me transcendence and mystery and all all in one. Give me comfort. Give me edge. Give me novelty. Give me familiarity. Give me predictability. Give me surprise. Those are some demands. Wow. Yeah. But, hmm. but if you think about it, Trey, that's really what we're looking for in a lifelong partner. We, yeah. we are looking for someone who will meet all of our needs, fulfill all of our expectations, be that one person that we go to for everything we want out of life. In a lot of ways, and, and you'd probably agree with this, Trey, in a lot of ways, we, uh, we idolize marriage. I was going to say that was probably close to an idol as you can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. You know. Looking to marriage as that that one institution mm. that satisfies all of our desires. And if you think about it, if that's the way you approach marriage, if that's the way you look at your spouse as that one person who satisfies all your desires, man, one, that is a whole lot of pressure to put on a person, isn't it? Mm. Right? Two, that person is never going to live up to those expectations you put on him or put on her. High expectations, high disappointment every yeah, single time. Absolutely. And so so we need a biblical view of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. A, a, a right view of marriage. We can't view our spouse as that person we run to to meet all of our desires and to fulfill all of our expectations. We, we need a different view. And Scripture paints a different view of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. There, there was an author, by, and you might know this name, Trey, an author by the name of Gary Thomas. He, he wrote a, a book um, years ago called Sacred Marriage. Mm. Have you ever read that book? I have, yeah. yes. So in that book, um, it was a pretty good book. In that book, he said, marriage is not as much about your happiness as it is your holiness. Wow. That what he powerful. was saying in, in his book is, is that God has designed marriage in such a way uh, that, that his ultimate purpose in your marriage is to make you more mm-hmm. like Jesus. Right? Sanctification. In fact, when you go to um, Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5 is that great passage in the New Testament mm-hmm. on marriage. Paul talks about how wives are to submit to their husbands as, as, as uh, the church submits to Christ, and, and husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church. And when he speaks to husbands, listen to what he says, Trey. He says in Ephesians 5, 25, Paul writes and says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and, and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And so so when Christ gave his life for the church, it was for the purpose of sanctification. Mm. That word simply means to make holy, right? Mm-hmm. That, that Christ died in our place and rose again to make us right before God. Mm-hmm. And so, so in marriage, I mean, if, if we follow what Scripture says here in, in Ephesians 5, in marriage, what a husband does is he comes alongside of his wife, and he joins Christ in the work that Christ is doing in the life of that woman. I love that picture. Right, yeah, right. that's beautiful. And vice versa. When, when, when you know, a woman marries a man, she's coming alongside of Jesus and, and, and helping Christ, working with Christ, I guess is a better way to put it, working with Christ to, to 
help her husband become all that God wants him to be. That's the picture, right? It's not about, you know, our happiness. Now, certainly there's a lot of happiness in marriage, but the primary goal isn't happiness. The primary goal is holiness. And so, man, if we would take that view of marriage, that would be super helpful for us, I think. And that might help us in and of itself not to call the cops, right, during this time. So so we needed to, to turn to Proverbs, though, to let the Proverbs help us to think through what does it look like? What does it look like for a husband to minister to his wife mm. so that that wife might become who God wants her to be. And what does it look like for a wife to minister to her husband so that that husband might become the man that God wants him to be? And I think what you're saying today is probably something completely new to most people that are listening mm. today. Mm. You know, mm. I think it's very true. So are we ready to answer the question? Let's Jeff? do it. All right. Two questions of Proverbs answers about marriage. Number one, how can husbands minister to their wives? Yeah. So how can husbands minister to their wives? One, husbands need to recognize that their wives are really a gift from God. Amen. Right? Amen to How that. long you been married, Trey? Uh, th- almost 38 years. 38 years. That's yeah. a long... You're coming up on the big 4-0. Yeah, man. Wow. I am. That's marriage. A, um, uh, <laughs> Ruby anniversary. Did you know that? No, I didn't. My, the only reason why I know that is because uh, my grandfather and grandmother uh, made it to their 40th wedding anniversary. My grandfather had lung cancer, mm. and he died shortly after they celebrated their 40th wow. anniversary. But I remember that uh, very specifically because it was all, I, I, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't remember much about my grandfather because I was in second grade when he passed away. Uh, but I remember they had a ruby anniversary. Wow. So there you go. You need to buy your wife ruby in two years. And that's more expensive than diamonds. So I have no idea. <laughs> So don't do that. I love the rubies. But yeah, anyway. so there you go. Anyway, so so but but thinking about it this way that that your wife really is a gift from God. And Proverbs says this, Proverbs 19:14. House and wealth are inherited from fathers. Listen to this. But a prudent wife is from mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's good, isn't it? Uh, that's beyond good. That's wonderful. And you know this and I know this that 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 our wives, man, Kelly is a gift to you, isn't she? Oh, she is. And Stacy is day. a gift to me. And so just remembering that the wives that God has given us, they are gifts from God. Now, let me ask you a question, Trey. How do you handle a gift that has been given to you? Well, when I'm given a gift, I'm thankful. You're thankful. You know, um, I, I treat it well because, you know, I want to I use it properly. Yeah. You know, uh, I always feel guilty if I don't use a gift that somebody's given yeah, me too. Yeah. So, you know, I want to... And I'm not that you'd use your wife, but I mean, yeah. you know, the idea of, of there's something taking about care a gift. gift. Yeah, there's something yeah. about a gift. It's different. When, when someone who loves you gives you a gift, mm-hmm. you tend to handle it with more care mm-hmm. than if you were to go out to the store and buy it for yourself. Oh, I agree. Right. Yeah. And so, so think about your spouse, your wife in that way. Your wife is a gift given to you by God. Therefore, handle her with care. Wow. Now, listen to what Peter says in First Peter chapter 3. Now, I know this verse is going to sound kind of weird, but just hang with me, and I'll explain it to you. So in First in Peter chapter 3, uh, this is what the Bible says about um, uh, husbands and wives. It says in verse 7, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, I know that when you read that phrase, weaker vessel, uh, it almost sounds like a sexist statement, doesn't yeah, it, Trey? Yeah. Weaker vessel. I mean, I mean, we know it. I, mean, I think women, many people read yeah, it that yeah, yeah. way, Men and women are equal, and there are certainly women who are just as strong, if not stronger, than a lot of men, right? I mean... <laughs> You know, I'm a 35. Know. Yeah, I'm 135 pounds on a good day. I know there are a lot of women who are stronger than me, but that's not what what Peter's saying. Um, 
I think he's getting to the idea, the heart of this 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 phrase is weaker vessel handle with care. Mm. That that man just and just it's the reality. Um, I think what Peter is calling us to do, and what Solomon is reminding us of in Proverbs is 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 we need to handle our wives as if they're fragile, mm. right? And and if you have a precious gift mm-hmm. that you know is fragile, you handle it with care. You do right. That's exactly right. We we just packed up our house and 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 as we were packing, we had all these boxes that Stacy marked fragile, right? China, mm, dishes, China. glasses. She put on those boxes fragile. So when when the guys came over to help me move, we set those boxes aside and we handled those a lot differently than the other boxes because they were fragile, right? Makes now sense. we're not saying that women are fragile, but we are saying that and when you have something that is fragile, something that's precious, something mm-hmm. you don't want to break, you handle it with care, right? So understanding that your wife is a gift, you handle her with care. And I think a lot of times fragile things are the things that are mo- more precious. Absolutely, you know? most valuable. Yeah. Right? Uh, Absolutely. You know, you get a big old steel ball, you don't worry about dropping that. Yeah. You have some uh, some beautiful crystal. Yeah, precious stones yeah. or crystal. Yeah, you yeah. just handle it with care. Yeah. And, and, and my fear is, is that a lot of us as husbands don't see our wives as gifts and we don't handle them with care. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment, but let's keep going. So one, recognize that your wife is a gift from God, but also... Man, you need to let your wife know not only that she is a gift from God, but she is the object of your love. Mm-hmm. Right? Listen to what the Proverbs say. Now, this is going to get a little, uh, um, I'll just read the verse. Proverbs um, <laughs> 5, 18 through 20. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. Mm. It's a good passage, right? Yes. I mean, I think all of us husbands would say amen to that one, right? That is one of those amen passages. Yeah, but 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 you know, there's something unique about the relationship that a man has with his wife. That that it is a an immensely intimate mm-hmm. relationship, right? I think you know there are things that I hope that I only know about my wife that she only knows about me. Absolutely, on every level. Yeah, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally, yeah. all those things. And if, if you if you think about just the, you know, let's just be honest, the the sexual intimacy between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. that's something that a married couple shares mm-hmm. that they share with no one else. Or exactly, at least aren't supposed to share with anybody else. And exactly. so, so just in that picture of sexual intimacy, there's this picture of I know you like no one else knows mm-hmm. you. Right, you are the object of my love mm-hmm. and my affection on this earth, right? So, 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 man, that, that, that sets the marital relationship apart from every other relationship. And so in every good marriage, right, there, there needs to be this, this, this friendship, right? Uh, this shoulder to shoulder relationship where we're, you know, doing life together. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're hanging out together. We're making decisions together. We're on mission together, mm-hmm. but there also needs to be this face to face intimacy where, Amen. man, you are the object Amen. of my, uh, my, my, my affection, the object of my love. And so just letting your wife know that one, she's a gift to you from God and two, continually letting her know that she is the object of your love. I mean, that's important, right? And and let's just be honest, Trey. We as men, we aren't very good communicators, are we? I mean, I'm not. I'm terrible sometimes, oh, right? But 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 these things need to be communicated regularly to your wife mm-hmm. because your wife needs to hear this from you, right? In fact, listen to this. So Proverbs 31, 28 through 30 says this. Now, this is talking about the, the virtuous woman, right? This is a very famous passage in Proverbs, and, 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 and the Proverbs say this, her children, speaking of a mother, speaking of a wife, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Mm. 
Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Amen. Yeah, that's good, right? And so just the reality is is that that our wives need encouragement. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all need encouragement. We've talked about that before on this podcast. We all need encouragement. But man, there's power when a husband takes time to encourage his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we demonstrate our love to our wives, and that's important to show it. But I mean, our wife doesn't need to hear us say, yeah. I love you as yeah. well. You yeah. know, it's, it's not just doing. It's not like the old man who said, you know, if I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. You yeah. know, why don't you ever tell me you love me? Yeah, you know, yeah. And, it's more than that. You do that. need to. They need to hear that. They need to hear that I love you. They need to hear, hey, I appreciate Amen. the way that you care for our children. I appreciate this about you. Build I, them up. I see God doing this in your life. They need that building up. And 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 just honestly, I mean, when you live with somebody day in and day out for thirty eight years, or mm-hmm. Stacy now we have been married twelve years uh, in May. When you've been married for any length of time, it becomes easy to nitpick your spouse rather than encourage your spouse, right? I bet you right now, if we wanted to, Trey, we could take some time and you could tell me all the flaws of Kelly. I could tell you all the flaws of Stacy, and Stacy could certainly tell you all my flaws, and Kelly could certainly tell me all your flaws, right? It's it's easy to nitpick each other, but Uh but there's something about in marriage overlooking flaws, right? Showing grace and then pointing out all the good. And I know for me, I mean, I'll just be honest, Trey. I mean, um, I tend to joke around, and there's nothing wrong with joking around. Mm-hmm. We joke. I, I pick at Stacy all the time. We joke around, all those kind of things. I can be a little sarcastic sometimes, but I need to be careful with that, mm-hmm. right? Because I never want to use my words to hurt or tear down my wife. I need to work harder at building her up, encouraging her, letting her know how significant she is to me and, and what a gift that she is uh, from God to me. And so, so for us as men, man, we would do well just to be more verbal in our affirmation of our wives. Amen. Just to let them know they're the object of our affection, that they are a gift from God, and to praise them. And you might be thinking, right? You might be listening to this podcast, and you might be thinking, well, I don't have an excellent wife, right? I mean, you know, the Proverbs says in Proverbs 31, 28 through 30, uh, many women have done excellently. Mm-hmm. My wife hasn't done excellently. Right. Well, the reality is, if you feel that way, you need to view your wife as Christ views her. Mm-hmm. Christ views her as excellent. You know how I know that, Trey? Tell me. Because he died for her. Amen. He values her. He loves her enough that he went to the cross for her. Mm. You need to look at your wife in the same way that Jesus looks at her. Yes, your wife might have uh, her flaws, but you have your flaws too. She needs to hear from you that she's excellent, that she is, is, is you know a gift from God and the object of your love. So I think this is what the Proverbs teach us as husbands as how we are to minister to our wives, to encourage, to bless, to build up, to Amen. love, and to be verbal in that, right? Just that would go a long way. A huge way. So in these, we're talking about two questions, Proverbs answers about marriage. So let's get on. Uh, we're ready for the second question. We're ready. Because I'm do dying it. to hear this one. Okay, here we go. Okay, number two. How can wives minister to their husbands? You see why I was waiting on this one. Yeah, this is interesting, <laughs> right? This is interesting. So it is obvious when you read Proverbs that it was written by a man and not by a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. think about what Solomon says about wives, okay. Uh, so, so really, you, you have two different perspectives here. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, Solomon paints for us in Proverbs the picture of a foolish woman or a mm-hmm. foolish wife. And on the other hand, we have the picture of a wise woman or a wise wife. And so, mm-hmm. so let me read you some Proverbs here that, that kind of show us what a foolish woman looks like. So, so um, you have Proverbs 19.14. Listen to this. A foolish son is ruined to his father, and a wife's quarreling 
is a continual dripping of rain. Mm. Or think about Proverbs 27, 15 through 17. A continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome <laughs> wife are alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one's hand. Or Proverbs twenty one nineteen. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Proverbs twenty one nineteen. It is better better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Mm. I don't think Solomon liked having a nagging wife. I would say not. He had a bunch of wives, didn't he? Like five million wives. I forget the exact <laughs> number. but he, you know, he, you know, Obviously, he didn't honor the Lord in the way that he <laughs> viewed marriage. But it is obvious oh, in the boy. Proverbs that what he did not appreciate uh, was a woman who nagged and quarreled and was always on his back. Mm. Right? It was like water torture. It was, it was, man. A <laughs> continual dripping on a rainy day. Wow. Right? And, man, we just had a rainy day yesterday, right? Mm. And just the, that rain, and we've, we, and we've had some slow rainy days in the uh, in, in the near past that just, man, we wish this rain would just go That's what away, I was going to say. You say is right? it still oh, raining? Is it still raining? <laughs> and that's what Solomon says, man, a wife, a foolish wife can be like that, that she's constantly nagging and on her husband's back and riding his case and pointing out every flaw and nitpicking him. It just gets so old. It's like a continual rain. It just won't go away. Mm. It is better to live in a desert land than to live with that kind of woman. Wow. Yeah. And, and I think I will say, I will be honest. I think some of this, I don't really think what we see as nagging, they see as trying to help us, help us get something done yeah, and all yeah, these yeah, other yeah. things. And so uh, it's kind of almost a different way of looking at yeah. it. But anyway, yes, I would agree. That is an issue. Yeah, so really, when you think about it, this is what Solomon says. He there, There's some great Proverbs, but honestly, when you look through Proverbs, this is what he says about wives and how they're to treat their husbands. This is really don't all nag. he's got. All he's got is don't nag, <laughs> which is a good life lesson, right? I mean, because it is. I mean, whether you're a husband who nags or a wife who nags, nobody likes to be nagged. I mean, that's mm-hmm. good practical advice. Don't nag, right? I think Encourage, build up, bless, but man, for Pete's sake, don't nag. It's no fun to be nagged, right? Mm. So the end of Proverbs is Proverbs 31, and Proverbs 31 is not written by Solomon. Uh, These are words from King Lemuel, his mother, words of wisdom that she gave her son about a virtuous woman, about the kind of wife, the kind of mother that we should all want. Now, the reality is when you look at Proverbs 31, it, it probably... It's just, it's just weird. Like, what woman does this? Wow, it is right. It is, like, it I is mean, over the top. if you read Proverbs thirty-one, you got to be thinking: one, how does she have time to get all this done? Mm-hmm. Right, and it seems like she works fifty hours a day. And two, who'd want to live this way? Right. So, so Proverbs thirty-one. I mean, it is over the top crazy. But there are some principles here, I think, for for wives, uh, for women to, to take into consideration as they consider their own marriages. So let me l- help you to think through some of this, right? Proverbs thirty one eleven, The heart of her husband trusts in her. Mm. There is something about having a wife that you can trust, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Trey, I don't know about you, but, but there has never been one day, not one day, not one day in my marriage that I have not trusted my wife. I would agree. Never. She is a trustworthy person. And man, that is a blessing. Amen. That is a gift Amen. from God to have a wife that I can absolutely trust in every situation, right? I can trust her to be faithful to me. 
I can trust you to make good choices regarding our family. Mm -hmm. There's not an area in our marriage that I don't trust my wife. That is a gift from God. And, and, And that's one of those principles in Proverbs 31, right? The heart of her husband trusts in her. Or think about this, Proverbs 31, 25, strength and dignity are her clothing. Strength and dignity. There's something about being married to a strong woman. Mm -hmm. A woman, when I I say strong woman, here's what I mean. A woman that is secure in her identity in Christ, Mm -hmm. that she knows who she is, that she knows that she is loved by God. She is confident in the mission that God has given her. She is confident in in how she wants to raise her kids to honor the Lord. She knows who she is in Christ. And and that's real confidence, right? Real confidence is knowing who you are in Christ, how he has made you and wired you and, and operating out of your identity in Christ, right? Strength and dignity are her clothing. That, that is a, that's a great gift too, Trey, to have a wife who is confident in who she is mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I know this, right? Because I, I, over the years, have done quite a bit of counseling as well. There are a lot of women, there are a lot of men who aren't confident in who they are in Jesus. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And that's tough. That's tough to not be confident in who you are. And, and that really does affect your relationship with your spouse when you don't have that confidence in who you are in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Or think about this. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Proverbs 31, 26. Wow. There's something about having a woman that you're married to that's confident in who they are in Christ, who you can trust, and who speaks wisely. I love that. Yeah, isn't that yeah, good? That is. Yeah. And again, I mean, I've got a great wife, and that's one of the things I appreciate about my wife is, is her wisdom, right? I mean, uh, she, she, she's thoughtful. I mean, she thinks... I, I'd like to think I'm wise, and maybe I'm wise, maybe I'm not wise, but, but we have different personalities, right? Like... When it comes to making decisions in our marriage, I don't think about anything. I just make a decision. And that's not always good, right? That's, yeah. that's oftentimes pretty bad. Like, I'm just a get it done. She's not, let's just get it done. She steps back. She looks at the bigger picture. She analyzes. She thinks through. And she makes a decision based on a very thoughtful process. That's wise, right? And I need that. That balances my personality that, that says, let's just get it done, right? Mm-hmm. I, if it's wrong, we'll fix it later, right? She balances out my personality because of her wisdom. It's a gift to have a wise woman. Yeah, I've, I've actually learned to actually tell her something up front so she can think about it, get some understanding, wisdom, yeah. do a little research, whatever, yeah. Yeah. and then get back and say, yeah. well, I thought about what you said, and this is what, instead of expecting an immediate answer, yeah. I think too often, but that does away with wisdom if we always expect an immediate answer on, yeah. a, on yeah. a big issue, yeah. a big yeah, life sure. issue especially. For so sure. I appreciate that. Yeah, so this, this is a way a wife ministers to her husband, right? Not by nagging him all the time and riding his case, but by being trustworthy, mm-hmm. being confident in who she is in Christ, speaking wisdom into the marriage, and, mm-hmm. and, and making the home a priority. Listen to what Proverbs 31, 27 says. She looks well to the ways of her household. Now, this does not mean that she doesn't work outside the home, right? Because uh, we, what we saw earlier in Proverbs 31 is that she does work outside the home. Mm-hmm. The, the Proverbs 31 woman works outside the home. Mm-hmm. But it does mean there's a priority, that there's something about a wife who, ab- who is able to set the tone for the home mm-hmm. and, and create an environment where, where the children and the husband can become who Christ wants them to be. Right. I mean, there's something about setting that home environment that that is peaceful and 
and full of joy and, and those kind of things. And, and that's a gift, right? It becomes a place you want to go to, not exactly. a place you want to avoid. Exactly, exactly. So, so when you look at Proverbs 31, these, these are just a few principles that we can glean from Proverbs 31 that helps us think about how a wife can minister to her husband by, by establishing a home where, where the husband and the children can thrive by, you know, being confident in who she is in Christ, by speaking words of wisdom, right? By, by being trustworthy. These are, are, are ways a wife can minister to her husband, and, and, and this kind of wife is a gift from God to her husband. As we have um, get to the end of this, I think there's probably a husband that is not being a husband like God intended, yeah. and there's wives that are listening that are not being the wives. I always encourage them with these two things. Husbands, listen to what the Bible says to you, and wives, listen to what the Bible says to you. Let's not sit yeah. there and ride each other. Well, you know what the Bible says, you know, about them. You yeah, make sure yeah. you're taken care of. Yeah. So with that in mind, Pastor Tommy, with either one of them struggling right now, especially during yeah. this time, how do they get to the point of yeah. what we're talking about today? Where, what, where do they, what is, what is their first step? Yeah. You know, Trey, what amazes me is how well life works mm-hmm. when you actually do what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought, right? <laughs> God figured I mean, it out. I mean, here's the deal that that right now in your marriage, wherever you are, whenever you're going through, God really does want the best for your marriage, mm-hmm. and He has spelled it out for you, right? Mm-hmm. That if you would, like you said, Trey, if you would look into His Word and you would read what He says to you, husbands, mm-hmm. if you would read what He says to you, wives, and you would just start doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, don't focus on what your wife isn't doing. Don't focus on what your husband isn't doing. The reality is. You can't change your husband. You can't change your wife, but you can always change you. Amen. And if you would start working Amen. on you, and let's think about it. If if you're a husband listening today and you start working on yourself, and if you're, you're a wife who's listening and you would start working on yourself as well, think about the change that could come in your marriage if you both took responsibility for your own walk with Jesus and being obedient to what his word spells out. Trey, it's just amazing to me. How well life works when you actually do what the Bible says. Amen. It ain't that hard. Just do it. Just do it, right? We try, we try to make it hard. It right, didn't they? We try to make it hard. We try to do our own thing. But listen, God's plan works. Amen. So take these Proverbs, put them to work, and see how God begins to work in your marriage. All right, Pastor Tommy, this has been great. I think this is a great primer on how we can live our lives with our husbands and our wives. So uh, why don't you close us out? Yeah, we do hope this has been helpful for you today. And if it has been helpful for you, we want you to go ahead right now and subscribe to this podcast so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Please, please, please share this podcast with others. We would love for people to be encouraged uh, by the Word of God and, and by this practical counsel from the Word of God. And so we hope, as always, that this episode has helped you connect faith to life.